Hello and welcome to the First Baptist Church of LaGrange. What an honor it is to have you listening to our church broadcast today. We hope that as you listen along, following in your Bible, that you experience the grace and presence of Christ just as strongly as we do every Sunday in our worship service. May God truly bless you as you listen. Wow, happy Mother's Day again to all of you, really to moms and grandmoms to really anyone who stepped in that role to fill the role of a mother for any child. There are lots of ways that we can be mothers, amen? And so we're grateful, I want you to know, for those of you who are here today that have nurtured a heart. (laughs) Uh, Man, somehow I think dads get the easier thing on that, I really do. I've watched my daughter, Jail, recently as she's taking care of her baby and I'm reminded yet again of this ultimate sacrifice that a mom makes. That baby is just 24-7 on, on you and needs you. And the dad can say here. <laughs> the mom sometimes just can't. And so really my goal today is that I hope that you would experience a deepening of God's love for you. And then as a result of that, that the Word of God would just take deep root in your heart to bring you refreshing uh, times in the Lord. So let's kind of get started into today's message in this way. I want you to know that I believe, and the Scripture would teach, that God is the sovereign designer of relationships. And so a simple outline of relationships is given by our Lord Jesus as we've been talking in the great commandment where God says to us to love the Lord above all, and then out of the overflow of that, to love one another. So moms, I want you to know that you play a special role in God's shaping of intimacy in people's lives through those close family relationships that you enable. So as we've been doing, we will continue to explore the one another uh, passages, and today we're going to highlight how moms in particular, but not only moms, are a vital part of an abundant and healthy relationship with God that God desires for our hearts and our homes. So really, I want you to kind of from the onset to think about this, that today I want you to think about, it's not so much that you're being a mom, I want you to think about that you've had a mom. And you've likely been enriched through a mother's love. As we've stated in this series, everyone has relational needs. We've been referring to those such as acceptance such as appreciation, such as encouragement, and yet today we will yet dive into another one. We know that from research and just from doing life in church that two or three of those needs, we believe that we can kind of culminate all those under 10 big, big buckets. A lot more needs than 10, but as we look at the one another passages, over 50 of them in the scriptures, we kind of put 10 headings on all those, and we believe that Underneath those 10 headings, that two or three of those are going to kind of rise to the top in your life at a certain given time. And so I want you to begin to know what maybe some of those are, because I promise you it'll help you in your marriage. It'll help you raise your kids. If you're paying attention to what relational needs are surfacing, you can know how to love them according to the way they want to be loved. And so in your bulletin, we provided a QR code that if you scan that QR code, it'll take you to a relational needs assessment for a ministry that I partner with and that I oftentimes work for. But the caveat there is if you do the digital version of that and you'll have to put in your email and then that ministry will send you stuff, but you can unsubscribe to that if you desire to. 
But also, there's a link in your bulletin there that you can see, and that link will take you to our website to where you can print off a hard copy, and you can take that as well. And then we have some printed copies of those out in the foyer for you in case you didn't want to print those out on your own. And if you can't print those out, please let us know. If we run out of copies, we'll be more than happy to get those for you. But today, we're going to focus in on the one another passage of really caring for one another and what I like to call the need for attention. The need for attention. So we find this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 20 through 21, and then again in 25 through 26. So I'm going to read those passages to you, knowing that you have been trained here to know that when we turn to God's Word, we're listening because God is speaking. Amen? Right? This is Normally we stand in these moments, but I'm giving you a break right now, but I want you to know that God is speaking. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse 20, and then in 21, the Bible says this, But now there are many members, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Then in verses 25 and 26, the Bible says, So, that there be made no division in the body, but the members, here it comes, may have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. So notice the context yet again. We've preached through the book of 1 Corinthians, but by way of reminder. It's Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, and he's again addressing many problems of division in the church at Corinth. The believers had come, remember, out of a very pagan background, and their lives had been changed, but there was a leadership challenge that Paul begins to address in that. The Apostle Paul is addressing and describing the local church as a body, and this body is made up just like mine is of many members. The body has different members, but yet it's one body. The members, therefore, have different gifts and different callings within that Paul talks about up in verses 4 through 7. Yet the body is unified. The body makes up one body. So in verse 12 of 1 Corinthians 12, he says this, For even as the body is one, yet it has many members, all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also in Christ." So just as this body makes up, all the members make up one body, so too those of us who have trusted in Christ make up the body of Christ. And although we're different, we're still one. And then in verses 15 through 21, he says this, For if the foot says, because I'm not a hand, I'm not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, because I'm not an eye, I'm not part of the body, it is not for this reason any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them in the body, just as he desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members, but one body. And again, the eye cannot say the hand, I have no need of you, or the head to the feet, I have no need of you. What Paul's really getting here is that all the parts of the body need one another. But yet, in the, in, the, in the midst of that, there's tremendous diversity, but, but deep unity. But a mentor friend of mine, another pastor friend of mine, has said it so well, I can't say it any differently, really improve upon it, but he says it this way. He says, diversity leads to disunity when members compete with one another. 
But diversity leads to unity when members care for one another. And that's what we're really talking about here, is that we need to care for one another. In other words, I need to give you the attention that you deserve and that you deeply desire. If I stopped paying attention to any part of my body, bad things happen. If I stopped caring for a part of my body, bad things happen. So for us to fulfill our vision here that I gave you earlier in our mission, which is to embrace great commandment love, which fuels great commission living, it's going to require genuine love and care for each other. So we're going to have to rule out competing for one another and competing with one another, and we really have to keep continually coming together in caring love. So hopefully you saw the one another in that text. If you didn't, I'll read it yet again because I want you to see the importance of this. So he says there in verse 25, he says these words. He says, so that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. That really means that each member has the same interest for other parts of the body that it has for its own self. In verse 15, this thought leads to mutual participation in the good or bad of what others are going through, even emotionally. It means helping or giving attention to one another. According to Wearsby, who's a commentator, it can also mean to show consideration for the needs of others. What I'm calling this, again, this caring for one another, is meeting the need of attention. To meet the need of attention means to convey appropriate interest in something someone is doing. To show appropriate concern for how someone is doing to take thought of another. And really, more specifically, it means to enter into someone else's world, doing what somebody else wants to do because that's what they want to do, not what you want to do. This need of attention is significant for some people. And I want to help you understand an important principle. We live in a society today that says needy people really just just suck life out of you. Well, if that's true, then the Scripture here must be wrong. Because the Scripture says here that when the body needs something, we don't say, well, you're too needy. That when the body needs something, the other parts of the body say, how can I help you? So for those people in our life that, you know, you just, you hear it in our culture, like, well, they're just really needy. They're just really needy. Can I let you know that we, as we've covered in this series, to be needy is to be human. It does not mean that you're weak. It means that some of us, listen, put it in the context, that some of us who seem to be needy, really what that means is they just have a higher need of attention than somebody else does. Some people have a much higher need for respect than other people do, but we don't go around saying, well, there comes Mr. Respectful again. So we have to understand and put it in the context of biblical love that people who seem to need you, like your kid that's constantly pulling on your pant leg saying, look, daddy, look, daddy, look, daddy, look, daddy, and you're tired of looking. They have a tremendous need for attention. That is not a bad thing. That is how God has wired them. And if you're going to minister them and show them biblical care and biblical love, you will meet that need of attention. Because here's what happens. If our needs aren't met, we will take them or we will abuse somebody to get them. So we have to be willing to give to meet that need of attention. 
So if you have this need of attention, if you were to take this survey and this need rises to the top for you, then then that means that you probably like it when somebody calls you and just says, hey, I was just thinking about you, just wanted you to know. You likely feel loved by an individual when they give you their undivided listening or when someone makes a special effort to get to know you and what makes you tick. You might have this need of attention when you feel love, when somebody comes and attends an event that you're hosting or does something that you like to do, or they just enter into your world. You might like to hear words like this, tell me about your day. How did your test go? What would you like to do this weekend? Because I want to do what you want to do. So meeting this need and doing the book that we talk about here. It's transformational when we begin to hear needs and we begin to meet needs. This is tremendously important in your marriage. And so I would just, you know, maybe a romance coach helping you out here. Go on a date without your phone. (laughs) Right? Make it a no phone zone and just look each other in the eye and listen to what's happening. When you're talking to your children, give them your full attention. Get down on their level. I'm a short dude. I know that. I don't need anybody reminding me of that today. But I still, when I talk to children, nine times out of ten, I try to get on their level so that I can see them eye to eye because I want them to know that I want to focus in on them. There have been many times when my children will take my face and turn it toward them and say, look me in the eyes because they're so used to that's what I do. Then they know when I'm not paying attention to them. This is transformational as you go through the life of living with an aging parent. God has made a declaration about relationships, especially in our homes. So remember, in Genesis 2.18, it is not good for man to what? Y'all remember that. So earlier in this series, we said that God redeems us through Christ and through Christ alone. So in our fallenness, we need Jesus and only Jesus to redeem us from our sinful state. But because it's also not good for man to be alone, God restores us through right relationships so that we won't be alone. And the way that we remove aloneness is to meet each other's relational needs. This is how God has designed this to work. So God desires for people, especially mothers of all day today, to be a little less alone for your aloneness to be removed. So aloneness could be defined as a sense that somebody important in my life does not deeply care about me. The experience of aloneness, and you may have experienced it, it's deeply painful. It's debilitating, in my opinion. And the antidote for aloneness is the experience of closeness and intimacy within the relationship. Today, we're zoning in on another way to remove that aloneness, and that's by caring for another in such a way that we meet their need of attention. God removed our aloneness by meeting our need of attention, by entering into our world, by God entering into our world and putting on human flesh. The incarnation is God meeting our need of attention. You have to understand how important this is. I know that marriage is not for everybody, and sadly, marriages may fail to provide this legacy of intimacy and meeting the need of attention. But can I promise you, even as Justin prayed, We have Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our God who meets all of our needs. And so God doesn't want anybody to be alone. So I want to just leave you with two thoughts as we begin to process through today's message. Here's how we can kind of meet this need of attention around these kind of big ideas. First of all, I can play a special part in expressing attention. 
Did you know that you can play a special part in expressing attention? Today, because it's Mother's Day, I want to show you how particularly that mothers can play a special part in expressing attention. But I don't want you to stop there because I want you to learn that everyone can do what a mom does by meeting the need of attention. Again, nobody can do it like a mom can, but we can learn from them. And throughout the Bible, it's interesting to me that we find the analogy of a healthy mother's love is likened unto God's caring involvement in our lives. For example, the psalmist says that he will carry us as a mother carries her infant. In Philippians 4.19, we see that he is El Shaddai, the God who nourishes and supplies all of our needs just like a mother does. So let's learn some principles here about what it looks like for this need of attention to kind of flesh itself out in our lives. Attention nurtures is the first thing I want you to see. Attention nurtures. When I enter into somebody's world and meet their need of attention, it's nurturing to them. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 2, verses 7 and 8, it says these words, But we prove to be gentle among you as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children. Having so fond an affection for you, we were well pleased to impart not only the gospel of God, but our own lives because you had become so very dear to us. Now the context. Paul is setting forth his mindset of pastoral ministry to the church at Thessalonica, and he uses the analogy of a nursing, nurturing mother. Notice the the nature of this nurturing mother, that she's gentle among you. She's mild when it comes to bearing the faults of others. She's soft and tender to people. The same way a a mother sees the need of the attention that that her baby is seeking, she's mild and gentle. She's also a nursing mother. This speaks of the tenderness of a suckling baby with its own mother. A mother tenderly cares for her own children. This is tender love and the ability to meet the need of attention for this baby. She does it in such love and care. The application for those who are not mothers would be this, that Paul says that that is how we all are supposed to act. He's using it as an analogy that just like moms do that, that we had so fond of affection for you. Being affectionately desirous is another way. This language suggests that we connect ourselves and meet their need of attention out of love, just like a mom would do for a baby. As a result, he says, we're pleased to share with you the gospel of God. In other words, we're willing and well content to give the gospel by the way we love and meet the need of attention in people's lives. This is the image of John 10, where the true shepherd doesn't flee when the wolf approaches, but willingly lays down his life for others. Why would we do that? Because people have become so dear to us. And when we dearly love, we will dearly care. And when we dearly care, we will meet the need of attention. Attention nurtures, but then also attention provides. Let's look at the Proverbs 31 woman. And please note, you have to understand Proverbs 31. And maybe I'll preach on this one day because it's been so misapplied. But I want you to understand that the, the Psalm 31, I mean Proverbs 31 was written by a king father to his prince son. And he's describing the kind of wife that he should marry. This is incredibly important for relationships today. Men, if you're looking for a wife, you probably ought to go to Proverbs 31 and kind of get some, some pointers. And then wives, if you're looking to get married, you probably want to be this kind of person before you go looking for another kind of person. 
But enough relationship advice. Proverbs 31. The Bible says some incredible words here. It says, an excellent wife who can find. In other words, hey, if you're looking for one, here's what she's going to look like. For her worth is far above jewels. I can tell you that. Amen. Husbands, this is a good chance for you to say amen. amen. All right. I'm helping y'all. Trying to help you, church. Right, here we go. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She looks for wool and flax and works with her hands in the light. She is like merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She rises also while it's still night and gives food to her household and portions to her maidens. She considers a field and buys it, and from her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. Well, this is crazy. Like, all of a sudden, we got a buff woman there. I mean, I don't know. But I promise you, my wife's had seven babies, and she can flex, bro. Carrying, like, she's got some arms. But the mother described in this passage gives attention to provide for her home. And that can be a multitude of ways in modern society, from, from working, from grocery shopping, to cooking, to paying attention to the matters of the house, shopping for clothes, doing all the things that moms do. For all of us, this may mean stepping in and doing some of the same, but meeting the need of attention means that I see and then I try to provide for what it is that's lacking. That's what that, that woman did. She saw and she paid attention and then met the need that was screaming. Attention nurtures, it provides, and then attention unifies. When we meet the need of attention, it unifies things in the home because Proverbs 31, 28 through 31 says these words. Proverbs 31, 28. Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. Her children rise up and bless her. Her husband also, he praises her. Well, I'll go to my version. That's okay. That's why we have this hard copy up here. Amen. Proverbs 31, the Bible says there in verse 28, it says these words. It says, her children rise up and bless her and her husband also, and he praises her saying, Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the products of her hands and let her work praise her in the gates. The mother's attention given to her family creates a legacy which unifies the family. All the families being unified, they're coming back to this one saying, this one has met all of our need of attention and she is to be praised. It's a unifying factor when a person meets the need of attention and it brings this unity. Remember, we said that when we're focused on competing, there's division, but when we focus on caring, there's unity. You see where we get that. So I want us to kind of go into a time of prayer right now. I want us to kind of go right now before the Lord. And, and as you're preparing that, I, I really want you to do this. I want you to think of ways that your mother... I want you to think about maybe someone in your life maybe who played that role because some of us didn't have mothers. But think of ways that maybe your mother met your need of attention by nurturing you. Think right now of ways that your mother met your need of attention by providing for you. 
think about how your mother may have just been the stability in your home. Think about the ways maybe that your mother entered into your world and just cared for you. What I want you to do is once you get that picture in your mind and you begin to think about that, I want you just to go before the Lord and just thank him for that person that played that role in your life she expressed that she played a special role in expressing attention to you. So let's just give God praise for the women who played mother in our life. Would you do that now? Special part in expressing attention, but then today the reality is, is number two, I may have a special need of experiencing attention. We have this special need of experiencing attention. It's on days like this that really we can make a difference. Sometimes, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but mothers feel often neglected. Sometimes they feel uncared for. Sometimes they feel like they are taken advantage of because all they do is give, give, give. Sometimes there's no one really focusing on them, meeting their need of attention because they're always meeting the need of others' attention. It doesn't have to be moms that have this need, though, this morning. You may be here this morning and you have the need attention. So I want us to begin to focus in on Jesus for just a few moments. I'm going to read a passage that should be very familiar to you from John chapter 19. I'm going to read from John chapter 19, and I want you to hear these words. And I want you to begin to think about some things a little differently with me today. I'll clue you in on that in just a second. John chapter 19 and verse 23, it says these words. It says, Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his outer garments and made four parts, a part to every soldier and also the tunic. Now the tunic was seamless and woven in one place. So they said to one another, Let's not tear it, but cast lots for it to decide whose it will be. This is to fill the scripture. They divided my outer garments among them and my clothing they cast lots. And therefore the soldiers did these things. Now pay attention. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother, pay attention, and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. Draw your eyes to verse 26. And when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, Behold, your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold, your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own household. I want you to think with me just for a moment. I I don't know if I'll ever get over when this happened to me. never forget the moment that I was in my office and I was reading through this text and tears began to roll down my face. My heart was breaking. My heart was feeling and swelling with compassion and I didn't really know why. I mean, I'd read this passage many times. When I got to those words, Jesus saw his mother, I realized that my heart was being moved in love for Jesus because he was saying goodbye. began to weep and express deep sorrow to my Lord Jesus that he was going through what many of us have been through. 
that he was having to say goodbye to his very own mother. And then it began to make sense because I had recently lost my mother. So I wonder right now though, could you maybe see the text relationally? It's not so much theologically for a moment. Could you just step back and not try to figure out the theological implications, but just look relationally because the scriptures are given that we might love God and love people. So what does it do to your heart right now to know that your Lord Jesus had to say goodbye to his own mother? What does that do to your heart to know that he experienced that kind of pain? Some of you know that pain. But what does that do inside of your heart? So I wonder right now, would you go before the Lord? Would you ex- simply just express to Him, He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If we're in heaven one day and Jesus is recounting this story and He's telling you, on that day, it broke my heart to say goodbye to my mother, would you just sit there with, a, with an indifferent expression on your face and would you say, Jesus, man, that had to have hurt you. Jesus, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Wouldn't you do that? You would. So why wait till we get to heaven? Let's care for our Lord now. Let's love the Lord by caring for His broken heart. So would you do that right now? And in whatever way you sense, would you care for Jesus? The scripture tells us that we have a great high priest who is able to sympathize with us in all of our weaknesses. So I want to move to something right now that I know is probably on many of your hearts today. And I want you to know, and I want you to experience Christ. I don't want you just to hear about him. I want you to experience him in this room caring for your heart. Because you see, just as you were moved to care for Jesus, maybe because he had lost his mom, I want you to know that your Jesus wants to care for you today if you've ever lost your mom. Your Jesus today cares for you maybe as you're losing your mom. That your Jesus cares for you that maybe you didn't ever have a mom. That your Jesus cares for you even though you may not yet be a mom. He sees your pain. He cares about where you are. So right now in this moment, can I ask you to do this? Can I ask you just to go to Jesus and say, Jesus, would you tangibly right now show me that you care for me?
Would you just go before the Lord right now and would you say, Lord Jesus, would you please care for my heart? I am hurting today. I need a physical, tangible expression of your love for me right now. Take your pain to the Lord right now and let him care for you. This is 
such forgiveness of self. This is such amazing love for, for, for his mother. For up to this point, Mary had followed her son and relied upon him because she was a widow. The other brothers and, and sisters couldn't really take care of her. Joseph, Jesus' earthly father, we, we know was already dead by this time. John, the beloved disciple, he stood beside Jesus and Mary from that time on, and he takes Mary into his own home. And this is a beautiful picture now of John removing Mary's aloneness. It's crazy what happens at the foot of the cross. Behold your son. From now on, John would be Mary's support. The son is joined to live for the mother and the mother for the son, and they're inseparable from one another from this point on. And then Jesus says those crazy words after he's met the need of attention for his mother. Then he says, it is finished. Don't want you to miss that. That Jesus cared for his mother in spite of all that was going on about himself. So here, I want you to look at this picture just for a moment and maybe recall that scene where Jesus looks down and he sees Mary. He's looking down from that cross and he says, hey, listen, mom, here's your son. He looks to John and he says, John, now here is your mother. saying, what are you doing now, Pastor? Where are we headed now? Because here's what I'm trying to get you to see. The same love by which you have been loved, the same need for attention that Jesus has just met in your life and he meets in others, Jesus wants you to join him in now caring for others the way that you've been cared for. So I wonder right now, who, who, other, who are the other people that Jesus may would have looked down and maybe he's looking down from heaven right now and saying, listen, will you join me in meeting the need of attention in this person's life? Will you get your eyes off of yourself and all the pain and suffering that you're going through? And would you follow my example and join me in focusing upon somebody else? Would you get in the yoke with me and love others and meet their need of attention the way I have cared for you? So yes, let's go to the Lord yet again. And I wonder, could we pray this prayer? Say, Lord, speak to me for I'm listening. Who do you want me to care for this week? Who is it, Lord? So would you ask that question before the Lord right now? Lord, who is it? Who am I to meet the need of attention for this week? reach this point in our service where the obvious has to happen.
want to right now, I'm going to give you some instructions, and I'm just going to ask you to do the book. We've learned about this, so now let's do it. Let's not be hearers, let's be doers. So I wonder if in just a moment you would stand up and you would go to a mother, a grandmother, a person who's played that role in somebody's life to be a mom, and would you just express words of gratitude to them? Words that are in your heart that you want them to hear about what you've seen in their life, how they've met the need of attention for somebody else. Could be your own mom, it could be somebody in the room that you may not know, but you witnessed, you don't know their name, but you've seen it. But also want you to be sensitive to people who may end up being by themselves and maybe invite them into your group because I wouldn't want anybody to be left alone. But could we just take a few moments right now to maybe go and speak to some people and say, listen, I've seen you do this and I am so grateful to you for meeting that need of attention. So let's do that right now. Would you rise to your feet and express some gratitude for some women in this room. Can I remind everybody in the room today that Jesus not only gives his attention to his mother from the cross, but he gives attention to you on the cross. That Jesus Christ sees you in your sin and knows that your sin separates you from his holiness. That he sees that your sin has separated you from having relationship with him that's exactly why he was on the cross. He was on that cross because he was paying the penalty that you and I deserve, which is death. Because of his love for you, because of his love for me. And then he was buried and then he was risen. And he was raised again, to speak. On the third day, man, to give us life and to give us that relationship. So I wonder today, would you respond and just now give your attention to Jesus by placing your faith in what he's done for you. The Bible says to us that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be what? I wonder if that's what you would like to do today. We're going to be here. In just a moment, I'm going to pray and Pastor Justin and my wife and some others will be up here. We'll grab you by the hand, and we'll pray with you to receive Christ, but maybe there's some other things that have been engendered by what we've done today that you would like to pray about. But as we leave today and before this invitation, I want to just remind you of some things you can do the book. Y'all ever had a now and later? See, we did the book now, but I want you to also be able to do the book later. It's a sweet deal. <laughs> Plan a special moment today to express appreciation to your mother the attention and support she gives you. Mom, I'm especially grateful for the way you. Or maybe reflect on Jesus' care for his mother and consider ways you would join him in expressing that care to your mother. Or go and complete that relational needs assessment tool and maybe discover some of the needs that you may have. But I wonder if you'd rise, I'll pray, and you respond. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us so deeply. Thank you for moms and those who care for us in our lives. Thank you for this church. May you speak yet again as we look to you. In Jesus' name.